1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Lander, And as always, I'm joined by Kobus van Staden, a senior China-Africa researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs in Johannesburg, South Africa. A very good afternoon to you, Kobus. Good afternoon. Kobus, the expansion of the internet in Africa has been one of the most exciting stories of the past 10 years. I mean, just a decade ago... It would have been hard for people to imagine that where we are today in terms of how many people are getting online and are online. But accompanying this positive story is also a growing sense of concern about the spread of surveillance technologies and also some of the more anti-democratic uses of some of the technologies. And all of that is tied intimately to China. Now, on the one hand, Chinese technology companies have done an amazing job at bringing low-cost and affordable smartphones, also networking telecommunications equipment, and really making the expansion of all of this ICT, internet, information communications technologies possible. But as we know, what comes with good also comes with bad. And really, that story is so intimately tied with Huawei. Tell us what the connection is with Huawei, Kobus.
2: Well, the short answer is that Huawei is one of the main providers of internet um, inter- internet as a whole in Africa, and that includes everything from the components used to build networks, the network the net- undersea cables, the networks themselves up to things like like cell phone handsets. Um, Huawei is a massive provider of all of these different things so they work with a lot of, of, of African cell phone providers um, in you know providing support um, and components for their networks and then they're also seller of, of phones themselves um, a very very big player in the African market. Um, so the, as the case, with you know, with uh, Meng Wanzhou, um, uh, and the, the general kind of tension around Huawei escalates um, in the U.S. and elsewhere, Africa is put into this difficult position where you, you know, as as the security issues around Huawei networks are raised the reality is, is that the majority of African networks are were produced by either by Huawei or ZTE or both. Um, and so, you know, Africa itself becomes this very interesting kind of playing ground around all of these issues around Chinese tech and then related
1: anxieties around surveillance and data. Now, Huawei, just to give a little bit of background, Huawei uh, was indicted by the United States under 23 different counts uh, in both New York and Washington, and this is really part of a broader struggle that the United States is having with Huawei. Uh, Kobus, you mentioned Meng Wanzhou, who is the chief financial officer who was arrested in Canada and is now uh, being extradited, or in the process of being extradited, to the United States. and uh, And it's all part of the fact that the United States believes, or at least alleges, that Huawei violated sanctions on Iranian trade, and it also is this part of this broader concern that Huawei equipment uh, is potentially, again, there's been no verification or facts or evidence, and we have to really emphasize this yet, that Huawei equipment uh, is being compromised by the Chinese Communist Party or by the Chinese security state. However, the United States definitely thinks and suspects that there is the likelihood that that is happening. So that's one of the reasons why that the the United States is going after uh, Huawei so hard and so fast around different parts of the world. So going back to your point, Cobus, about how the United States is also trying to rally countries uh, in places like Africa, in Europe, to abandon Huawei equipment, but it's finding a tough go at it. And a lot of different uh, countries are saying, you know what, we're in too deep with Huawei. We're not, what your problems are are not our problems. So we thought it would be great to get a discussion on surveillance, Huawei, equipment, technology, censorship, all of that. And uh, we're thrilled to have Emeka Umeje, who is a visiting assistant professor in the School of Arts and Sciences at American University of Nigeria in Yola. He's also a former newspaper journalist and holds a PhD in journalism and media studies. From Vitz in Johannesburg, Emeka. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
3: Yeah, nice to be here. I'm 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 happy um, to join this conversation. Um, it's uh, it's an important one that um, um, we should have because um, uh, whether we like it or not, you know, uh, Africa is going to be a pawn, you know, on the chessboard, you know, between um, the U.S. and China. From the way things are unfolding, yeah, yeah. So I'm good. I'm, I'm no, happy so to be here.
1: Yeah, it's a very important discussion. Let's we've talked about Huawei. Let's get right into it. What is your take on Huawei, Africa, and the United States? Okay,
3: what I think is that um, you know it's this the relationship between um, even if you look at Chinese media organizations uh, and and uh, Chinese uh, ICT organizations, you know it's mostly you know two two faceted. You have you know the good part and and the negative part of it. We must acknowledge that uh, Chinese uh, infrastructures has helped the growth of ICT in Africa. That is that is what everybody has to acknowledge. That is that no two ways about that. But then again, you ask yourself, what do we want in Africa? Africa wants democracy. Uh, we need uh, freedom of expression. We need political pluralism to be able to develop on on the African continent. And if I mean, nobody has ever wondered what would happen with you know hegemonic Chinese internet, you know, because. If you, follow, if you follow closely, you will, you will, you will recall that um, Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of, uh, CEO of uh, Google, predicted that you have, that the world will have two internet, internets, you know, with the U.S.-led internet and the Chinese-led internet, you know. But the problem is that why the, the, the countries in the global not have the capacity um, to mitigate uh, a Chinese-led internet? African countries do not have that. So this is where the challenge comes for African countries, you know.
2: Um, how have you seen um, African uh, commentators reacting to uh, to Huawei, to this Huawei case, and and these kind of issues in, in, on a wider level? In um, you know, in, in South Africa, I was I was following the, the South African tech press on on and their comments on this, and they were quite cynical about it, and they were saying. They were essentially characterising the entire court case as as an acknowledgement by the U.S. that U.S. companies are not actually you know are not cutting up with Huawei, and that Huawei you know produces all of these quite sturdy and dependable equipment for very cheaply and that this is essentially a kind of a covert way of trying to claw back market share um, Did do you see a kind of similar kind of cynical approach to this in like Nigeria and elsewhere or is are people actually legitimately concerned about these security issues
3: yeah i mean what people believe you know there's always people think oh it's, it's a matter of competition on the one hand but most educated because most people don't even know anything about this they people just want to you know, make phone calls, you know, have access to, inter- to the internet. They don't, they don't understand. People don't even want to know about I mean, the other side of it, the negative aspect of it, you know. But when you speak to people who are informed about some of us, these issues, as well as people who are educated, they are concerned because the fear is that China is not a democracy and you cannot give what you don't have, you know. So if in the long run we have, you know, uh, a Chinese-led internet, you know, become hegemonic in Africa, it's going to be very, very. It's going to affect democracy on the continent definitely because you cannot give what you have. That means, in that instance, um, if issues of, um, for instance, an election was conducted and it wasn't transparent and people protested, they, they would not have. They will not have access. They will not have space, you know, um, to to outlet for such uh, expressions if we have a hegemonic Chinese internet in Africa. So this is a challenge. Here, it's a, it's a particular, it's a peculiar problem because, like I pointed out from the outset, I said that. The problem with Africa is that we do not have the capacity to mitigate a Chinese-led internet, unlike what you have in the global north, you know. So this remains a challenge. I, I, I don't think that many, any, or any, even any African country would, you know, stand up and say, oh, we're going to ca- cancel a contract, you know, a Chinese Huawei contract, you know, like that. Because there's no money. People are here, people are barely struggling. The government needs help. Everybody, most of the governments in Africa... Are going in hand to China to beg for you know, financial aid and assistance. So China has that edge here. So the, we come back to the issue of power relations. The power relation between China and Africa is very, very lopsided. You know, China is there up and China, Africa is down. So, so we don't have that power. We don't have the capacity to mitigate the future of a hegemonic Chinese internet in Africa would bring to Africa. Uh, this is what I think. But like you rightly pointed out, people would think, oh, it's a matter of competition. But nobody's looking at the future, nobody's looking at in the long run, you know, and this is why um, we are a researcher, we are academic, because we look at the future, we don't look at now. For now, it's good. For now, um, African countries will have um, um, access to the internet, they have cheap uh, digital infrastructures everywhere, cheap ICT infrastructures on the continent. But we are not concerned about now. We're talking about 10, 20 years from now, what happens, you know? What happens to democracy on the continent? And uh, I don't know if you, are, if, you are, if you are taking cognizance of internet shutdowns on the, on the continent. It has been on the rise. And just give it another 10 years and see what will happen. So this, this, this is my own fear. And this is what many people have, have interviewed in the course of this field. I've also experienced saying yes, we agree that China is providing a, you know, a cheap sort of uh, uh, digital infrastructure, but we are scared of what the future will bring because we know that China is not a democracy. China is an autocracy. You know? You know, so this is, this is just a particular, this is the issue in this whole team, yeah.
1: So let's take a look at the future a little bit in your crystal ball that you academics use to kind of forecast the future. In the United States, the concern about Huawei is that it will be secretly used by the Chinese to surveil and to spy on on Americans or on American allies. Uh, in Africa, I think the concern's a little bit different. In in it won't be anything covert. It'll be overt. That is that. The Chinese have developed very sophisticated methods to use uh, telecommunications to surveil and so that African governments like in Ethiopia, in Zambia and elsewhere could call on the Chinese through Huawei to use it to overtly openly to teach them how to 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 spy on their own people on dissidents and to restrict civil rights. So talk to me a little bit about the future of Chinese technology and how it could potentially reshape the African Internet because of what you said is the big man problem in Africa. And those big men are autocrats like, you know, former Congolese president Joseph Kabila and others who will who don't care about the civil rights of their people, but they want to make sure that they use technology to stay in power and to further their grip on power.
3: So, I mean, even this is happening almost everywhere in Africa, even in Nigeria. I mean, why we agree that we're in a democracy and we have um, um, freedom of information here in Nigeria, but it's not, it's not free. We have seen instances where journalists have been, you know, um, detained without any court orders and so sometimes, you know, rights flouted. And if this could happen in Nigeria, I mean, it could happen anywhere. So this fear, the, the fear is, is real. You know, it cannot be dismissed with a wave of the hand that... Uh, Oh no! Um, the future. The future is is precarious, so to speak. Um, if we are, I mean, if a, a Chinese, uh, a hegemonic Chinese internet is, is established in Africa, I don't think that democracy, democracy will just will just die. Because I don't know if you follow the latest uh, uh, release by the Freedom House, you know, I think which was a few days ago, you see that democracy is democracy is dying. Especially in developing countries, you know, democracy is beginning to is beginning to lose ground, and this is this. You know, it raises the red flag on, I mean, the penetration of Chinese uh, ICTs on the continent. We have more internet shutdowns, you know. Um, in recent times in Nigeria, you no, know, the government has, I'm just saying, the government has not said they're going to shut the internet down during the elections next week, but a few persons, you know, had played with that, you know, that saying, oh, the internet can be shut down, so that, you know, but we don't know anything can happen. I mean, countries like, um, we've seen it in Zambia, we've seen it in, I mean, Uganda, those are normal, it has become a normative. you know, of the political culture and those climates. So what we're saying is, because of the African, the big man system in Africa, this will definitely happen. We don't want to. We don't want to say, oh, um, um, you know, it would happen. It's going to happen. We know we are Africa. We know this happens. I mean, we know um, our leaders don't care about civil rights, about you know, freedom of expression. And so, if in the long run we have uh, hegemonic Chinese in Africa, it is going to have adverse consequences for. Democracies on the continent. This is my own submission, and from what okay, I've... so
2: I, I I definitely see your point, um, but I wonder if I, if you know you'd allow me to just play devil's advocate for a moment. I mean, in the first place, you you essentially making two points that seem to me a little bit in in contradiction to each other, in the, in the sense that. You 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 express a lot of concern about the decline of democracy in Africa, but then at the at, at the same time you're saying that the system as we've had it up to now, you know, which which does contain you know some democracy, tends to lead to these kind of big man you know situations. Um, so so democracy itself tends to to produce you know these kind of non non ideal kind of you know kind of governance systems in in many African countries. So I think a, a Chinese perspective on that you know just in the here i 'm just you know kind of amalgamating you know some some people that i've that i 've interviewed and so on over the years would be that a democracy can 't lead to development that development has to lead to democracy. And that widespread, massive rollout of the internet is crucial to development in the twenty-first century. And you have to get it done as cheaply as possible and as competently as possible with through companies that are used to working in difficult circumstances. And the only companies who really do that work at large scale at the moment are Chinese companies. Um, so that you know, so, so they would essentially make the point that you need to do, get this development up and running, and then that will allow you know that will allow a you know, kind of a larger number of, of citizens to to live their lives in, you know, and to, to actually be able to make make a better life for their children, but then that might actually even be a, a solution for the big man problem too. Um wh- what would you say to that kind of way of looking at it?
3: Well, I I agree that with the spread of the internet, that that will help development in Africa. We have I mean, I've acknowledged that from the outset, you know. But what I'm saying is that after this has happened, and for now we, we are we have this happening because there's no, the Chinese internet is not it's not hegemonic yet in Africa. It's still I mean it's still taking shape. But we are say, but, I mean we also know that Huawei and uh, ZTE are the major suppliers of uh, digital ICT infrastructures on the continent. You know, but what we are saying is that in ten years' time, now we have you know hegemonic. Um, we have a, glo- a new global order. Now we have two a global order has two dominant players, um, China and the US. But let's assume maybe in 10, 20 years' time, we have a global order that is dominated by China, for instance, you know, and now we have uh, a hegemonic uh, Chinese internet that is established you know, both in Africa and in other parts of the world. It will not be the same thing. Then why we have had our own development, but we don't have the freedom to speak, out, to speak out against certain instances, especially when those instances, when those issues affect human rights and, you know, and political pluralism, because China doesn't have any of these things. And I don't think that China can give what it does not have, you know. China cannot come and encourage democracy in your country because China is not a democracy, you understand? So I agree quite, like, quite right that this is good for development on the African continent, very, very good for development. But we should... Well, I'm, that's why I've always said in my argument about china Africa relations that it's incumbent on African leaders to ensure that why China is... why they deepen deep in relationship with China, to ensure that in the long run, it is beneficial, you know, to the African people. So... But unfortunately, we do not, I don't think that we have that, those kind of leaders who have that mindset of thinking, oh, how it affects my people, you know? How does it affect democracy? How does it affect freedom of expression? Because these guys live in a mentality that is called the African big man mentality. Their mentality rhymes with, I mean, autocracy, you know? So this is, this is where the problem comes in. So how do we, I mean, our question should be, how do we mitigate, you know, the adverse effect of a hegemonic Chinese internet? when it happens, because whether it will happen, it will happen. So but how do we mitigate it? For now, in the global north, what you see, why I agree that it's a matter of, you know, some form of competition? But it's, a part, it's also part of mitigation, you know. The U.S. people are trying to mitigate, you know, what, we, what would happen. It's happening in Europe. It's happening, I mean, in Australia. We've seen it everywhere. But the African people are not taking in that regard, you know. And there's no hope that our leaders will take in that regard because the leaders here are still going, cap in hand, begging for, I mean, money to survive. So it means that in 10, 20 years' time, we will have a new, a new global order, you know, or we will have two dominant versions of the internet, the Chinese and the, US inter- and the US-led internet. And Africa will just be a pawn you know, on the chessboard. So that means you could push them anywhere. You could do anything you want with the African people. You know. So this is going to be a problem, I, I, I think. You know, from my interactions with people, this is also a problem. People are wondering. People say that's the educated people are, are, are saying, oh, in the long run, this is going to happen. But the people who are the poor people don't really care about all these things. We must agree to that, that poor men, poor people, poor people don't, the, the plebeians, they don't take anything but they don't care about that, you know. So this is what we have to be concerned about, we have to be concerned about how would African leaders or how would Africa itself, you know, mitigate, you know, a, dumb, a, a hegemonic Chinese internet, you know, in 10 to 10 years time. I think that's the right question we should be looking at. Yeah.
0: Support for this podcast comes from the Africa China Reporting Project at Wits University School of Journalism in Johannesburg. The ACRP provides reporting grants, workshops, and other professional development opportunities for both African and Chinese journalists. Follow the ACRP on Twitter at WitsChinaAfrica or visit africachinareporting.co.za for information about grants and upcoming seminars.
1: So it's not just a question of Huawei and the hardware, which is what Huawei sells, in terms of shaping the African Internet, but let's also talk about artificial intelligence, because that's going to play an increasingly important role. There's a book that I've been talking about quite a bit on the show over the past few months, uh, AI Superpowers by Kai-Fu Lee, who is the former head of Google China, the former head of Microsoft, and also a venture capitalist in China. And his theory is that in the next 10 years or so, that regions and countries are going to have to make a choice. Are they going to be on the Chinese side of the of the artificial intelligence equation, or are they going to be on the American side? Because one side is going to be dominated by Google, Facebook, Twitter, and those companies, and Amazon, and another side will be dominated by ByteDance, uh, Alibaba, Tencent, and the others. And there will be no middle ground, is what he says. You will either have to commit to the Chinese side or to the American side, Copis, uh, let me get your take first, and then we'll go to Ameka. I mean, what I find a
2: little little perplexing about this about this argument, and I've I've heard it many times, is that um, I think I think Africa kind of provides a little bit of a, of a counter narrative to that because at the moment, what we see in Africa is is very widespread kind of you know roll out of of Chinese. Shaped networks, Chinese, you know, kind of built, you know, according to Chinese specifications. with Chinese equipment by Chinese companies, unfunded by the by the Chinese government. That those networks have rolled out very quickly. What we haven't seen is a, a, a simultaneous kind of. A rollout and promotion of, but either, but but even kind of popular uptake of Chinese net services and internet services. I, we have, you know, there, there is some some attempt um, to launch Alibaba here. There's some attempt to launch things like WeChat and and you know Alipay and these kind of payment services. But a lot of them tend to be very much siloed in for the use of Chinese tourists. We have not seen a massive rollout or take up of. Of um, uptake, I mean, of Chinese actual, you know, kind of any kind of Chinese web, kind of massive, kind of web presence in Africa. What we've seen is the the uptake of things like Twitter and Facebook, and WhatsApp, particularly, um, on Chinese networks, on Chinese built networks. So I don't know if this kind of like double net, double internet kind of logic really holds water for me, because I think Africa actually provides a, a, a kind of a counter example
3: well um but i think you have um, in terms of um um of smartphones um you have more 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 of uh, you know chinese phones now chinese phone makers in africa i mean i think they did i think I, i'm not very clear about it but i think they 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 are, they are leaders of the market you know you have Techno, you have uh, is it Xiaomi? you have huawei you know for smartphone makers in africa these guys are pushing the market you know um in terms of uh, WeChat is also is also gaining um, some traction here and there, so it's it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time.
2: See, I don't I don't know if I agree. Like because because again, you know, kind of people are using Chinese phones to access American apps. Um, you know, a lot of people I know in South Africa have Chinese-made phones. Like, the, you know, kind of Huawei is a big phone provider here. Um, and But I don't know one single person who's, ac- except for people in the Chinese community in South Africa, who, who is actually on WeChat. Like, they, they all run things like Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp off their Chinese phones.
3: No, well, I think I don't know a few. I know a few persons who are on WeChat, you know. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Okay.
1: Okay, so maybe,
3: maybe maybe South Africa is an exception. They are not, they're not much, you know. We agree they're not much for now, but uh, they're there.
1: Not much for now, but Cobus, remember how quickly certain technologies can can be adopted. So YouTube and Facebook and a lot of them went from zero to a hundred million, two hundred million, very very fast. So it's not to say that today we may not see it, but companies like ByteDance and their algorithms for news uh, can easily and very quickly be adapted. And I know for a fact. Uh, in South Africa, there's great concern among certain media companies about the rise of ByteDance in China, which is the news aggregation services and the algorithms that are being used to frame news and to deliver news. Uh, that's A lot of those are Chinese algorithms that are being used. So it, it the adoption can even... We don't see it today, but if a service comes out... And so, for example, on techno phones, they're introducing a new music service that will be embedded into the phone. So we may not see it as a front-facing branded service like Facebook or Twitter, but it might be the algorithms behind the scenes that people don't even know that they're being used. And those can have very, very rapid adoption. That's just is one thought. Um, very quickly, uh, Emeka, before we close our, our show, you wrote an article back in December called, Will China's Investments Reshape Africa's Internet? And you wrote that in uh, power3.0.org. Uh, we'll put a link to that article uh, on in the show notes for everybody to see. But tell us very quickly, in terms of wrapping up our discussion about the the role that China will have in reshaping uh, Africa's internet coming in the coming years.
3: I, I think it's, it has to do more with uh, investment in uh, digital infrastructure, ICT infrastructures on the continent. You know, um, that, that is gaining traction overnight because people, are, like you, like rightly highlighted an, uh, earlier on. Um, People are talking about, you know, it's cheap, you know. And, I mean, African governments don't seem to have the, much mom, the money to buy, I mean, um, very, very good one, so to speak, the, maybe the American one. You know, so they, they prefer to buy the Chinese one. So why we do this, you know, before, why this continues? In the long run, what we have, we have, you know, majority of um, ICT infrastructures in Africa, you know, being Chinese-backed um, infrastructures. And like you, like you rightly said, um, Huawei um, is building, Huawei Marine, is building the, the, the peace network connecting um, East Africa and uh, South, the South Asia, you know. So, so they're connecting everywhere. They're, they're building an optical fiber network, connecting Af- linking Africa and the rest of the world. So the, in, in, the, in the long run, what you have, you have two, you know, two networks in Africa. You have one, um, the US led um, network and the, the other one led by China. And you know, we must tell ourselves the truth. The one being built by China is growing by the day. It's more, it's cheaper, it's affordable for the African government to 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 purchase. But like I said again, you know, its effect, you know, in the long run, is not going to be very very palatable. But African, most African leaders don't think there's anything wrong, you know, in 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 you know buying um, um, Chinese uh, ICT infrastructures or digital infrastructure. They say, oh, if some people also think that what if China has developed because what African countries see most time is. They see China as a model, you know. China has developed, you know, people are going to tell you, oh, China has lifted more than 500 million people from poverty to the, you know, to middle class. But can't we do it? We can do it if they develop with, with you know, with um, ensuring that uh, there's no freedom of expression. I mean, if we do it in Africa, it's not bad. The most important thing is that our people are, are better off, you know, but our leaders don't see this picture. So I, I keep on to saying this, that the African big man mentality, the African big man syndrome Seem to you know correlate with I mean the Chinese what China has on offer, which the which is uh, the Chinese uh, autocracy, and that that makes it more more attractive for our African leaders. You know that that is going to also empower them to control the internet. You know these days, I mean look at what is happening in Southern Cameroon, for instance. You know these guys have been without internet for how how long for now, and nobody seems to care, um, and it continues like that. You know more African countries are beginning to think of oh shutting down the internet. As a form of either, as a form of repression, you know, as a form of you know countering the opposition, so we have we have to we'll see more of this happen on the continent. So our, our own, like I pointed out rightly, I said, how do we mitigate this in the long run? Yeah. So this is just my own concern, and this is the concern of most people who are um, most. People that have spoken, policymakers, you know, they feel like, how do we mitigate this? Why we all agree that it's a good thing for us to develop, have this, have these infrastructures? But in the long run, 10, 20 years from now, it's going to count, you know, and it might not be it might not be so, 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 so palatable for African countries. Thank you.
1: Emeka Umeje is a visiting assistant professor in the School of Arts and Sciences at American University of Nigeria in Yola. Uh, he's really one of the sharpest minds thinking about uh, African ICT issues going forward, particularly with the relationship with China. Uh, the article, Will China's Investments Reshape Africa's Internet? is on Power 3.0, which is power, the spelled out 3.0, spelled out zero dot org. It's a little bit tricky, but again, we'll have links for it. Ameka, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And are you on social media or uh, so that people can follow you and get in touch if they want to keep on top of what you're reading and writing? Yeah, I'm on
3: Twitter as Emeka Omeje. At Emeka Omeje oh, on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. We'll again. We'll put a link to Emeka's Twitter handle uh as well on uh, in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I'm grateful. Kobus, it's hard to kind of get your head around whether or not the Chinese internet in Africa is. A net positive which i think again i've said many times that i think the chinese deserve the nobel prize for what they've done to wire up africa and to bring uh, telecommunications to people and to regions that would never have it without the low-cost services that were provided by backed by chinese loans and also equipment that is much cheaper through through companies like huawei but at the same time there is this concern that Chinese methods, not even just the technology, but methods of surveillance and suppression are also being introduced into the continent. I want to bring your attention to something you wrote in China File. And uh, China File is a, a website by the Asia Society that talks about all issues related to China. And you recently wrote as part of a conversation with lots of thinkers about, uh, about, the Chinese, about Huawei and the Chinese Internet in Africa, you wrote, quote, Young Africans are hungry for connectivity, and Huawei is willing to connect them. Security is important, but Africa is still struggling to get itself fully online. This takes a lot of funding and lots of cheap, sturdy components. In Africa, the real issue is who except Chinese companies like Huawei can do this work? And I thought that was interesting because maybe the, the debate over Huawei in places like Africa is absolutely academic because they don't have any other choice but to go with Huawei. That's kind of the the feeling that I get because I think a lot of
2: a lot of um, you know kind of U.S. companies aren't necessarily particularly interested in in doing this massive expansion in Africa, um, and you know frequently when when they talk about it, it, it comes a lot more in the not really as a kind of a business transaction much more in in you know uh, couched as for, as a form of philanthropy you know like for example i don't know if that scheme or that that project is still running but the the idea that that google had a while ago to have these kind of massive um like big balloons you know kind of that essentially like beam internet to different parts of Africa um so you know I, I don't know that anyone else is particularly kind of interested in doing that work um so and and for me you know for for all of and, and I share Emeka's concerns about the way that that uh, you know these these tools can be used by by governments I and mean, we, we've seen we've seen it happen already in Africa but at the same time i wonder if you know i wonder what will be more repressive um you know a, a, the internet, a foolish working internet that is that is occasionally kind of misused by governments, or no internet at all, um, and. You know, so, so it, it it seems to me that that everywhere that the internet goes in Africa, every, the, as as these data networks are rolled out, there you see this kind of flourishing of expression of kind of African expression. Some of it being, you know, like ethnocentric or xenophobic or problematic in in other ways, but a lot of it is, you know, is the first time people get to express themselves online, um, and that that I think is, has value.
1: Yeah, it does have value, and I think it's going to be a very hard sell for the Americans to persuade African governments to abandon Huawei in part because of the benefits that it brings. This undersea marine cable, the peace cable that Emeka talked about that's coming from Asia all the way to Africa, is going to bring vast amounts of new bandwidth and connectivity to the continent. Now, that is something that people desperately want and desperately need. So the idea that to say, no, 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 back away on suspicions Suspicions, not even again verifiable truths, that Huawei is sending information back to the Chinese Communist Party or to the Chinese security state or to the Chinese government is, again, I think, you know, a very tall order for people to to buy in Africa. And I don't think they're they're going to say what you basically said this just isn't our fight. You guys may have a problem with Huawei, but we see the benefits outweighing the costs in that sense. Uh, Final thoughts from you. Well,
2: what I wonder then is what will happen if. You know, kind of, if were if the situation kind of comes in where where the U.S. government becomes a lot more punitive towards other governments who work with Huawei. You know, the the fact that Huawei has been, you know, is that part of part of the 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 accusations that that is part of the Huawei case involves sanction bussing with Iran. Um, you know, that that raises the issue of of. Government-to-government government kind of tensions in relation to you know, to, you know the the U.S., you know taking uh, taking whatever kind of particular kind of attitude towards uh, governments that work in in large scale with Huawei. Um, that I think raises a bunch of of kind of geopolitical questions. Um, you know, I tend to be a little bit hesitant about, about the idea of the two internets simply because I keep wondering, so what, for example, about Russia? You know, does does Russia have... Is Russian internet, like, aligned with one of the two, or does Russia, is, is it actually a three-internet situation? And then what about India, et etc.? et cetera? But, you know, whatever that situation is, if we're talking about a balkanized internet then what is the implication of, of things like sanctions regimes and the kind of punitive mechanisms that come with them being kind of dragged into that particular issue? Um, and where does that leave Africa, not only in relation to China, but
1: in relation to the U.S.? So what do you think about Huawei, China, Africa internet, all of it together, let us know what you think, send us an email, give us your thoughts, send us a post up on our Facebook and LinkedIn and the various social media channels that we have. We always love to hear from you. Uh, so th- this is a topic, again, that we're kind of exploring in greater depth, in part because of the importance that it has in the geopolitics and also in the social cultural realm as well, because given the internet has an ability to shape cultures. And so we're going to continue to explore this in the weeks and months ahead uh, because it, one, and we're geeks and we, we kind of like it. <laughs> so so that'll do it for this uh, edition of the China in Africa podcast. For Kobus Van I'm Eric Olander. Thank you so much for listening.
0: The discussion continues online. Head over to facebook.com slash China Africa Project to share your thoughts on today's show. The guys are also on Twitter, where you can find Kobus at Stadinski. eric at eolander and be sure to sign up for the weekly china and africa email newsletter by going to www.chinaafricaproject.com